To make it in cannabis, first you must dare to. Twelve years ago, MJ BizCon dared to unite the global cannabis community, igniting a movement that continues to thrive. So let's grow together this November 28th through December 1st in Las Vegas. You'll hear incredible stories, see groundbreaking innovations, and forge connections you need to thrive in 2024. But wait, snag your ticket to MJ BizCon in October. And you are eligible for the 31 days of giveaways and promotion going on right now. So hurry, get your ticket today. And here's a secret. Podcast listeners get 10% off with promo code 23POD10. That's 23POD10. Don't miss out. Get your ticket at mjbizcon.com. That's mjbizcon.com. You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. We're continuing our fundraising efforts here at Cannabis Health Radio to keep the podcast alive. If you'd like us to continue bringing these interviews to you, then consider making a pledge, either a one-time donation or a monthly donation, which, by the way, can be as little as $3 a month. Go to the donate page on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And help sustain us. We want to help as many people around the world have a better understanding of medical cannabis to help them or someone they care about. And if you'd like to advertise with us or sponsor our podcast, then send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com and we'll connect with you. For those who have contributed so far, both Corey and I thank you. After being diagnosed with thyroid cancer in 2008, our guest today had 39 surgeries and his weight ballooned to 487 pounds. Since he started taking cannabis oil, he's lost more than half his body weight, but he is also dealing with other cancers that have developed. And joining us from Connecticut to tell his story is Bill McDonald. Bill, thanks for... Hello. Hello, guys. It's a little emotional just even hearing that back. <laughs> yeah, no. Take us back to the summer of 2008 when you were first diagnosed with thyroid cancer. What were some of the symptoms you were experiencing? Well, what, what actually happened was um, I owned a landscaping business, and uh, in August of 08, I was bitten by a brown recluse spider, and I suffered a severe uh, staph infection, and I was in the hospital for three months. Um... The staph infection settled on my spine. During that time, I gained about 180 pounds during the three months. I was totally bedridden. And uh, they started doing body scans. I had kidney failure from the infection. I had uh, congestive heart failure. And um, things. it was just really bad. I, I really couldn't even walk. And um, they did a body scan, and um, they were suspicious because they found a nodule on my thyroid. So they started doing some testing on my thyroid and uh, found that there were some more nodules. They did some biopsies, and there ended up being um, some cancer that they found, three different kinds, actually. Um, 
follicular, papillary, and herthal cell. And uh, two of the cancers are, they say, oh, these are the easiest cancers to treat, and um, thyroid cancer is easy, but it's, it's actually not. It's, it's very hard to beat thyroid cancer. So follicular cancer and papillary cancer could be treated with radiation, radioactive iodine, and sometimes it works, you know, sometimes it doesn't. I also have a very aggressive form of the cancer called Herthel cell. And this is chemo and radiation resistant. And um, so they removed, they decided to remove my thyroid after the diagnosis. I had a mid-neck dissection. They removed the thyroid. Um, they recommended that I go for radioactive iodine. I went for one radioactive iodine treatment and um, went for the scan and what do you know but there was more cancer they found in my thyroid bed and there happened to be some cancer around my vocal cords so i went in for some surgeries and i was 487 pounds my legs were 38 inches around i had lymphedema i had fluid weeping out of my legs um i was on 90 milligrams of methadone a day and, it, I mean, it was horrible. I didn't sleep for sometimes for, like, a month at a time because of the thyroid and the sleep apnea and the weight. Yeah, just everything that happened. So they um, they removed um, they removed the cancer again in my neck. They did more surgery. And after that surgery, they said, gave me a little time, and they were like, nothing about nutrition, nothing about anything that could help me other than you need radiation or you need chemo someday or if you stay alive long enough maybe something will come out that we could treat you with so i laid in bed for like two or three years at about 480 pounds and i got um sicker and sicker all of a sudden um the cancer was back again and I had another surgery on the side of my neck now. This is the left side of my neck near my ear. There was um, there were some tumors. So this time they went in, removed a few tumors and a bunch of lymph nodes. After that, they recommended just to clean up the margins of everything that I go for 38 radiation treatments. And Corey, I mean, let me tell you, this the radiation was absolutely insane. It absolutely destroyed me. It, it burned. It burned my neck. It mentally anguished me. It was just. It was horrible. And um, after the radiation, I go for a PET scan, and now there's cancer, the metastasized to my lung and my ribs. So um, I had the doctors told me I needed surgery immediately. So my immune system was so compromised. I wasn't aware of any nutrition stuff yet. I wasn't aware of anything. So I just said yes to the surgery immediately, like after radiation. Mm-hmm. And um, they removed two of my ribs. And um, they kept removing more and more of the rib every week because they kept coming back with cancer, the biopsies. And they weren't sure how far they could get to my spine before they removed the whole rib. So this left me with two surgeries a week for maybe three or four months. 
from all those surgeries, I had a gaping wound in my neck. And um, they told me that wound would be open forever. And um, so I was kind of left at 400 pounds, 450 pounds, a huge hole in my neck that I had to pack with gauze three times a day, 38-inch legs. I looked like I was going to space when I went to bed. I had to wear a lymphedema machine up to my neck and then a sleep apnea mask. And and the doctors were just satisfied with that for me. Bill, this sounds yes. like an absolute freaking horror show. No, it, I just it, it cannot was, even imagine. It, it was horrible. It's like it's hard for me not to cry when I talk about it because it was absolutely horrible. So now they're like, there's really nothing they could do. So I'm on 600 micrograms of synthroid, which is a hormone for thyroid cancer. And I'm 487 pounds. My thyroid doctor leaves her practice because she gets cancer. So during this time, I get during the March March after radiation. I I had it in September of 14. I get um, an iPhone and I'm laying in bed and looking on Facebook and I see pictures of Corey Allen and. And another girl who cured her thyroid cancer with um, cannabis oil. And because of being from Connecticut, somehow I was friends with this guy, Jimmy McShane, who has passed away now. And um, when he heard I was taking the oil, he got a hold of Zendrick Byer for me. And um, immediately JB got a hold of me. I thought like it was the best day of my life. I couldn't believe that he was like sending me a friend request. And um, for the last three years, four years, I really just, I've had one surgery since I've started the oil to remove a few tumors out of my lower lung. I lost almost 300 pounds. I'm off of all of the opiates. I cured the sleep apnea. I cured the lymphedema, um, which is uncurable. Um... And my tumors were in remission with just no radiation and no chemo. I did it with the oil. And um, frankincense, myrrh, the oil, apricot seeds. And um, now my doctor gets sick, and I'm on 600 micrograms of synthroid, which is a hormone. So I'm on the oil, and I start losing weight rapidly. And up until now, I was on 180 milligrams of Lasix a day. And I wasn't going to the bathroom at all, but my skin was like flaking off my body because of all of the synthetic medicine I was on. So I started kicking cannabis oil and I literally had to have a five gallon bucket in my room because it's such an anti-inflammatory. No, I'm not kidding. Because I was so big, I was wobbling. My legs were 38 inches around. There was holes in the walls at my house because I would wobble down the halls and that, my mother's house is really nice. And I mean, and I live at home with her. It was like, I was really, I had a walker. I was, I was pretty sick and the doctors were pretty satisfied with the way I was and said there was no more hope for me at one point. And, um, I, I started taking the oil and now a year goes by with no thyroid doctor and I lose like a hundred pounds. And I'm still on 600 micrograms of synthroid, so I start getting severe psychosis. Like, now I'm, like, paranoid and Mm. freaking out. 
So all the doctors are blaming it on the cannabis oil. Of course. So I'm, you know, every I start becoming enemies with my doctors, people in my family, because nobody believes me that I'm smart enough. And the research that I'm doing on PubMed or with Zendrick or with other patients or in all these closed all these closed groups that everybody does. That I don't, I'm not getting good information. People think that I'm not. My education hasn't gone beyond 15 years ago. But since the internet, I've learned more than I've had my whole entire life. And people can't grasp that reality. Not even doctors. I just started getting better and better. Got off the Lasix, and now all of a sudden, I need a thyroid doctor. So I go see a thyroid doctor, and he's like, um, your case is so big. He's like, it's going to take me a few days to wrap my hands around it. I went there begging him to help me because I, I had a thyroid doctor that had me on 600 micrograms of Synthroid, go to a new doctor at Yale New Haven. My case was way too big for her to handle, and she wouldn't admit it. So she just kept changing my dose of medicine every four to six weeks up and down with the synthroid which it's just crazy because it's it's hormones changing constantly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i go to this other doctor pleading for him to help me and they're like he can't see you for six weeks the next morning i get a phone call and the doctor says could i speak to the warrior bill mcdonald and i was like this is him and he's like i need to see you in my office today if i could And I was like, yeah, okay. So I I went right to his office. And um, he was like, why aren't you on Cytomel, which is a hormone blocker? Bah, 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 this and that. And I was like, I don't know. That's why I'm here. I need a different doctor. He goes, you need to be on a hormone blocker. And he goes, I guarantee that you have cancer again. And I was like, no, there's no way I can. There's no way I can. This is within the last year. And he's like, I guarantee it, you're, you're, you haven't been tested for a few specific cancer markers. And um, he tested me for the markers, and they were all high. He sent me for a PET scan. I ended up having um, four tumors that they found in my lungs this past September. And um, so now my doctors are all in a rush, sending me to Sloan Kettering and to all these different hospitals and um, Sloan in Manhattan, they decided that they want to put me in a dual chemo trial. One chemo doesn't work. The other chemo may work, but they wanted me to try it because by January, they're telling me my cancer is going to be so bad that I'm going to have such symptoms that uh, they don't know what's going to happen, so I need to be in this study as soon as possible. Bill, were you were you still on cannabis oil at this time? Oh, listen, I've been taking cannabis oil for the last four years every day. I titrated from a drop up to 3,000 milligrams a day of THC and 1,000 of CBD. Then for about two years, I took about 1,500 milligrams of THC and 1,000 of CBD from cannabis both CBD and THC, of course, the THC, but the CBD. Mm-hmm. And now I'm taking one ml a day of RSO again, doing a lot of other, um, a lot of other things. Because once I found out that I had the cancer back, and they wanted to put me in this study, 
Um, in December, I went to a place in Florida, and it's called Hippocrates Health Institute. Right. And where they teach you to eat raw, organic, green, along with the cannabis oil, the frankincense, the myrrh. I was able not to go into the study that they wanted me to start in January. Um, the doctors actually called me while I was at Hippocrates and said, you're supposed to be here today starting this study. And I was like, you're harassing me. I am not doing chemo ever again. I will die from the cancer, not from the treatment. I said, please stop harassing me. I said, I'm at Hippocrates. I'm going to live with this cancer with my diet and meditating and with cannabis oil. And he says, well, I wish you the best of luck. So I come home from those couple weeks out there. I get a PET scan. My four tumors that were aggressively growing from, you know, that they found in June or July, they grew like maybe 14 millimeters between June to September. When I had my PET scan in January, the three tumors were stable. And my cancer marker that was 5.6 that the doctor was so alarmed by, once he put me on the hormone blocker, that's down to zero. So even with my doctors agreeing with me now, one of them, an oncologist, becoming a medical marijuana doctor now, saying that possibly I could live with this untreatable cancer with cannabis, frankincense, myrrh, and, and diet. And, and, and that's it. And I do have hope. That's it. It sounds like you're doing amazing. And uh, one thing you didn't mention that you've told us is that um, 5% of people, only 5% of people survive this. And look how far yeah. you've come. Herthel cell, less than 5% of people can't, with this cancer live. And since I've heard that, I've lost almost 300 pounds, closed a gaping surgical wound in my neck, stabilized my tumors, and stopped the opiates. So, and got rid I of mean, the lymphedemia. It, oh, the lymph! My legs were thirty-eight inches around weeping fluid. I had to wear constriction socks, lymphedema socks on top of those, and then I would have to wear a lymphedema, a, a whole machine that you jump into the bag and you wear that at nighttime and it compresses your skin with a sleep apnea mask on. It must, it, have been, it, it must have been quite the sight, Bill. Yeah, just it, saying. It looked like I was going to space. I have a very good, um, a very good sense of humor. But it was like it looked like I was going to space every night, and I wouldn't even sleep because I would. Get, and then when I started the cannabis oil, I would put the outfit on and I would have to take it off so much because I was losing so much water from the oil, you know, because it's anti-inflammatory. That I stopped using the outfit. I stopped using the sleep apnea machine. I stopped taking methadone after a while. I stopped taking my blood pressure medicine. I stopped taking the antidepressants. I mean, it's just, and the amounts of CBD oil I'm on, it also, it just, it, it reconstructs your DNA. So all the weight I lost, I don't really have any extra skin on my body. It's all reconstructing. That's people amazing. Yeah, people can't believe it. They're, they're like, where did all the skin go? I'm even amazed. Bill, what is, just, what, what is Herthel's cell cancer? Herthel's cell is a, it's a, um, it's a, it's a, can, a thyroid cancer. Oh, okay. So I have follicular, popillary, and Herthel cell carcinoma. It's three different types of cancer. And Herthel cell is the rarest. Herthel cell is rare, untreatable, and aggressive. 
Yeah, and five only five percent survive. Bill, yes. when you first saw my story, and I believe you were talking about Lindsay Bun Rogers as well. Yes, I was. Um, yeah. How and so you explore cannabis oil. How difficult was it for you to find oil? Well, it, it, the God's honest truth is, uh, I find about I find out about the oil in March, three four years ago, in June. I open the Connecticut Post and it says cannabis oil is going to, no, cannabis is becoming legal in Connecticut. They started accepting applications two years before the dispensaries opened. I was one of the first people that went and got my card. The doctor made a mistake. She wasn't allowed to give other patients, uh, people, other states numbers out. She gave me a number of a grower in, in Rhode Island. And he happened to be a compassionate collective grower. And I called him and he was like, you need to get out here and start this oil as soon as possible. I went there. He taught me how to make the oil. I stayed at a sus for like four days, just not even knowing the guy. He taught me how to make the oil. He gave me 180 days worth of oil and said, listen, wow. I don't know if this is going to cure your cancer. He's like, but I know it's going to save your life. He's like, and your life is going to change within three weeks. And, you know, there was no testing back then. So it was sativa oil that I didn't realize. So it was a little rough. You know, if you're fighting cancer, you want to be on indica. So the first year I was taking about two, three mLs of um, sativa oil a day. And um, it did speed up my metabolism and it helped me lose a lot of weight. Yeah. Did you get pretty wired? Uh, very, 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 and I and and if you're going to do sativa oil, if that's all you get, I recommend that people also do CBD. You know, Zendrick doesn't recommend it. Like a lot of people use it for fighting disease, but it does help with the psychosis. You know, yeah. if you could only get sativa, but um, I definitely recommend indica oil, high doses, frankincense, myrrh, apricot seeds. And turmeric, it's in the Bible. The three wise men, they bought frankincense, myrrh, and gold. The gold was turmeric. And the holy anointing oil was made out of something called sweet cane or cannabosum. I mean, that's what I think. I think that's the recipe to health right there. Bill, Bill, tell me... living proof. Yeah, tell me when you were so heavy... And you had fluid oozing out of your your legs, and yes. you have cancer, and you have this mm-hmm. gaping wound in your neck. What kept you going? Uh, because you want to know. The, I, I don't want to swear, but I'm just a. I'm I'm stubborn. <laughs> I'm so stubborn. I'm telling you, I've been. I've I haven't never had it easy. So I was just like, there's no way that cancer is killing me. I had a serious drug problem at one time, and I always find a way out of everything. Because I know that there's something more. There's something worth living for. It's like all this struggle, there's something. There's going to be a reward, I know it. So I'm just not going to let anything get me. I'm going to do everything I can to stay alive. You're You're a stubborn SOB. Yes. No, I'm so stubborn that people hate me. 
people people hate me because of it, but it's just the way that I have to be to stay alive. How do you feel today? How are things with you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's just, it's a lot to talk about this. But right now, a few years ago, I was in size 62 jeans. Today, I'm in a size 38. I mean, like, I've lost all this weight. I've Curing cancer isn't about curing disease to me. It's about the value of life that you have. And right now, I'm in Rhode Island. I'm driving around. I mean, I used to just be in my room peeking out the windows and and blocking people on Facebook because they were having a good time and doing everything I wanted to do. And I was just home jealous because I was, thought I was dying and I had no hope because I didn't know about nutrition and cannabis oil. And once I figured that stuff out, it changed my entire life. That's why I wanted like everybody to know that they should be taken if they're sick. Every, it should be legal. It's a genocide that it's not legal. It really is. It really makes you wonder if people really care about humanity if they don't give them access. It's just a regular plant. I mean, <laughs> it's just a regular plant. It's a weed. That's it. I you think yeah, I think your story is absolutely remarkable, given the fact you've Thank lost you. so much weight. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it must have been so cumbersome to get around being close to five hundred pounds. I didn't get around. I didn't do anything. I would just go to the hospital. Yeah. I would get in the passenger seat of the car, and my stomach would hit the dashboard. I would just sweat, and I would do nothing ever. I wouldn't go anywhere. Just hang out with my dog. How much do you weigh today? 245 pounds. From 500 to, yeah, you lost half your body weight. Yeah, I was 487, and I, I only went to the gym pretty much for four weeks in December when I was at Hippocrates. Other than that, I drive past gyms, and I beep the horn a lot, and I laugh. <laughs> really? Because I'm like, if they only knew, because... Even the muscle reconstructs. It re- we are the smartest animal species. Cannabis is the smartest plant species. We are meant to work together. Tell me about this gaping, the gaping wound in your neck. How how, well, did, how did that? How quickly did that close? Well, it, it was open for two years, and um, so I had two of my ribs removed and like i said they kept going in and removing a little bit of rib at a time and doing something in my neck called the debridement because after doing the radiation i had the surgery that led to an infection on the surgical wound and the wound opened a week after they closed it so that's why they had to start debriefing the hole every couple of days and during that time, they found out that there was more cancer on my ribs, so they kept taking more and more of my ribs off closer and closer to the spine. So the hole was just wide open for two years. They told me it would be closed, and they opened it in November. They said it would be closed by March, and it was wide It was wide open for two years. Three months of cannabis oil putting it around the wound, it was almost completely closed. There was actually regeneration of skin tissue within a couple of days of me applying cannabis oil around the um, around the wound. Then I went and saw a plastic surgeon, 
And she's like, oh, I think I could stitch that shut now. And the surgeon actually told me it would be a belly button hole now, probably forever, up until where it was closed. And um, she put a wound back on my neck, and I was actually taking the wound back off, and I had pharmaceutical cannabis oil, and I was actually putting it directly in the hole in my neck. By the time I went for the surgery, the wound was almost completely closed. They actually reopened my neck. They cut me maybe like six inches from the side of my neck all the way down to reconstruct the scar and also move my pectoral muscle over to where they removed the ribs because I don't think they set me up for living before. So now that I healed myself, they had to reconstruct me so that I could, you know... You had to get a makeover. Yeah, yeah. And it's so unbelievable because I started pl- applying the um, CBD oil to the to surgical wound, and it healed within like seven days. When I went back to the plastic surgeon, she fell into her chair, and it rolled into the um, table, the exam table. And she goes, <laughs> no, really. And she goes, what did you do? And I said, CBD oil. She goes, what is that? And she told me not to use any essential oils. I said, you'll know about it someday. It will be all over the place. I was like, this is my last visit here. I said, I'm not coming back. And she got so mad at me that she walked out of the office. And then I just got got up, walked out into the hallway. I said, see you later. And um, I never went back. And that was the last time I saw her. My God, Bill, is there anything you haven't had? <laughs> no, I've been through hell. You've I've been, been through, through hell. You've been through hell, and you've come out the other side. That's why I want to spread the word so people have hope, because, you know, there really is hope. I don't I don't have much, and if you put it out there to the universe, it, it really works in your favor. You, you Things really come back to you, and you just have to believe it. And stuff working for you, and it will. It's it's really simple. Okay, Bill, two quick questions. What is your uh, goal for your ideal body weight? I don't have a goal. I, I, I'm telling you, I don't have a goal. On the BMI chart, it's 185. I couldn't even imagine being 185 pounds. I picked up jeans the other day, and I'm telling you guys, I said, am I in the kids' section? Because when I pick up jeans, I'm used to, they're usually way bigger than me when I hold them up. And these ones were like, I was like, these, there's no way these are going to fit me. And I went and tried them on and I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I wear size 38 jeans now. I can't believe it. Oh, that's fantastic. So I don't have a goal. My goal is to be alive and to deal with all the stress and, and PTSD that I have. Yeah. Because that's harder than the cancer, and um, how is your, how, spe- sorry? How what? is your cancer today? I have four tumors in my lungs, and um, once they told me I had to start chemo in January, I kind of went for. I just kind of said, I think I'm done with it. It's been eight years of them telling me that I need chemo that i need waiting for this new drug to come out or i'm not gonna live or that well not that i'm not gonna live that i'm gonna have symptoms and i'm you know i'm gonna have problems if i don't start listening to them and that stuff messes with my head so much it makes me sicker so i just decided that i'm gonna live with this cancer it's in my lungs i don't really know right now what's going on with it and i feel great 
So I have four tumors in my lungs that are pretty much stable in my mind. And I'm going to start making believe that I don't have them anymore. And, and hopefully they just end up going away. Yeah, Corey has talked to a number of people who have uh, lung cancer and suppositories. Suppositories. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. See, there was a big thing in Connecticut where I was doing suppositories, and then all the dispensaries opened in Connecticut, and then they started wanting to do their own research and all this stuff. And thinking that suppositories didn't work because people weren't getting high from them. I've seen a number of my people clear cancers uh, just with suppositories, with nothing. Oral. I know. I I read it. So, so I mean, even a thousand milligrams suppository, or or would you recommend doing some of it? Um, sublingual and some suppository. Both. Or? I'm I'm big on on covering all your bases. Certainly, out of all the cancers. Yeah. People with cancer in their lungs do very, yeah. very well on suppositories. That's been my um, observation. But Corey, you don't yeah. you don't put the suppository up very far. No, that's the thing too, though. Inch and a quarter, inch and a half, just past the sphincter muscle. You don't want it up too yeah. hard, too far. Because well, that's in, fine. If you put it up too far, that's when it gets picked up and pulled through the because, uh, liver. Oh, okay. So, all right. So yeah. So I'm going to start doing that again. I'm going to start with the suppositories. I've just been doing the sublingual oil, like I said in the protocol. Yeah, I'd be, um, doing, I'd be doing both. And if you have any questions, you can just private message me. Yeah, no, thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I just want to always spread the word to let people know that there is hope. Bill, you're an inspiration to people, and it was great to talk to you. We thank you very much for telling your story. Thank you very much, and I hope you guys have a great day. You too. Thank you, Bill. Bill. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, the story, care. the story's amazing. Thank you. And Take care, it's, Corey. It'll give people right. hope. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Goodbye, guys. That's it. A fascinating story from Bill McDonald, and another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down.